Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Doorbell for Clear. I'm Casey Boat, and we are fresh off the plane from Las Vegas, literally fresh off the plane, ready to discuss everything from opening playoff weekend. We've got Kyle Busch running into the 52 car. Joey Logano's contact with Suarez, roughing other drivers up at Richmond, and tons more. Let's go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring it home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors, spot of the 22 Cup Car, 99 Truck, full house today. Brett Griffin, I would rather be hungover than sleep deprived, and I am sleep deprived today. I slept from 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time until about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Almost missed the show. I um, I mean, I literally almost slept through it because I didn't set an alarm. I forgot I had a podcast. and Dang. Nonetheless, I'm here, spotter for Clint Boyer. Out in Las Vegas and Elliot Sadler in his grand finale race. And as always, our hostess with the mostest. Hey guys, Casey Boat here. And let's not forget to say hi to producer Jason in the back. What's up? Jason's in the house. Did you see the way Casey kind of gave this sexy shoulder thing right Uh, there? I don't know. uh, Sometimes I just. The little nerd to booth over here. What was that (laughs) dance move where we used to do this thing? What was that called? This little thing? What was that? Uh, Yeah, what is that? I don't know. What is it called? Shake it, shake it. It was fun. Something like that. Shake it like a salt shaker. Old people dancing. I can't sit still. It was a shoulder bop, but I don't remember what they called it. Well. Mm Bop. It wasn't the Dougie. <laughs> it's not the Dougie. No. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Oh, anyways, so fresh off of Las Vegas. I slept from 8.30 to 10. Does that count? This uh, morning? Did you sleep yeah. on the plane any? Uh, like intermit- like maybe 45 minutes at most. I got upgraded. I flew commercial out, so I just when I saw what time that race started, I just decided to fly commercial home because I thought I'd get home about the same time the team did. and they upgraded me to first class, and I left my freaking iPad mm. on the phone on the plane. I got off the plane. I was like, "Damn, I don't okay, have my iPad." You can't complain. How do you get I that fly back? Commercial every week. They have it. Yeah, uh, I went back yeah. and had it. Oh, they wouldn't let me go back down the jetway to get it though. No, you can't. Once you go past the like the lady, deal, you can't get off. The lady had to let the whole plane leave. So mm-hmm. I was sitting in the front row and I had to watch the whole plane leave before she, I said, somebody's going to see my iPad laying there and get it and put it in their pocketbook and I'm not going to have an iPad. Sir, I can't go down there until the whole plane is empty. I was like, great. Welcome uh, to my life every week when we travel commercial. Don't bring an iPad. 
well, I'll just remember it. Although a few weeks ago, I left my suitcase on the plane, so I really can't. Your tell whole me. suitcase, dude. I was so tired. I just walked off. It happens. When did you come home? Uh, yesterday. But yeah. like, like yesterday afternoon. By the time you, with the time change, like I have no clue what time it is right now. Yeah, I, I think like I would rather fly the next day than red eyes. Red eyes are so terrible. I can't do a red eye anymore. Like I thought about doing one on Saturday. They kill night. your whole day. I know, and you still, you'll just sleep the entire time, so I figured might as well sleep at night a little bit, although we got back from the track super late because yeah. we had, like, playoff photos, and Victor Lane took longer, so I, I walked, we slept like I watched the hours. sun come up on my drive home, <laughs> and I walked Ooh. in my house. The youngest was up already. What time, did, I, you get, what time did you walk in I walked house? in my house at 6.45. Okay, all right, all right. So, uh, yeah, but... Did you at least sleep on the plane? Uh, like, 45 minutes, if you were listening. I we can't sleep on planes, man. I can't either. <laughs> I'm just scared it, I'm going to die. It's well, I'm not scared. What? You just, I can't get comfortable. I don't like it. What is one thing I It's crowded. It's hot. It's a bunch of guys. And here's what I love about our team planes, right? So we'll get on our team planes. It's 50 guys. We're all hot, sweaty, 103 degrees all day. Hey, what do we got to eat on the way home? Brisket and baked beans. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, it's going to smell great in about 30 <laughs> minutes after you take off. One of the longest flights of the year, too. So that's that's awesome. That's yeah, good. That's a great idea. Well, uh, so how was the... Actually, I want to know what your favorite Las Vegas story not on track was. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. You, <laughs> right. you were there since like Tuesday, right? Are you talking just this weekend? Yeah. Vegas. Oh. Uh, well, no. All time? Mm, <laughs> we can't. All time would be great. <laughs> I can't tell all time. <laughs> I know. I can't tell the top 10 all no. times. I, no. Why not? No. You the listeners want to hear this. What's yours? You guys first. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's called no. Oh, whatever. You Fine. Know, right. How about this week? How was how was Vegas this weekend? Wait a minute. I'll tell you one real quick. Uh Vanilla Ice in concert. Ooh. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. You went to Vanilla Ice? Uh, I don't think we meant to go because he was there. He was just there singing when we got there, and there was this insane clown dancing as part of his show. <laughs> yeah, and the dude would like grab water bottles and just start spraying them everywhere and rocking out. It was yeah, it was one of the best shows that I've been to. Yeah, I mean, my favorite part, and and I'm not trying to get all in your feels, but you know, my favorite part was certainly Elliot being there. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I haven't seen him a whole lot. We hung out at Myrtle Beach a couple months ago for a few days. But just having him back was was special. Obviously, it's his last race. Um, he's taught me so much, and we've spent so much time together at the track, and I missed having him there. So it uh, it was just cool. You know what I mean? Like he was like the dad and brother I, I didn't have around all the time. My brother was a lot older than I was, or a lot older than I am. I got and one problem with this. What is it? The hair. Elliot's Ooh. hair. Yeah, what was that gosh. all about? Yeah, man, I don't know what was going on with his hair, but uh, I mean, he he <laughs> he got me into hunting. Like, there's just so many things that he's done for me in my life. I'll never be able to give back. So to have him there and go to dinner every night and hang out, that was the uh, the special part. I mean, I, you know, my cousin was in town Tuesday night from California, and her name's Sarah. TJ's met Sarah before. Before he was married, and he kind of had a, he was kind of crushing on she her. She was hot, yeah, yeah, and uh, and she she's, is pretty hot. She's way better looking than him, and she's wild. So she, um, Tuesday Basically night, you. yeah, she, uh, she, we got after it Tuesday at the Planet Hollywood pool. Nice. So, I'll tell you one thing that I learned from Elliot. 
Um, I cannot wait for the power to go out in my house when I'm home because I'm gonna look. I look at my wife and be, we don't have any current. Yeah, no current. The current's out. I'm like, there ain't no freaking river <laughs> just, in here, bud. What are you talking about? That just, means you don't have power. Just to get the reaction because they're going to look at you like, what is current? What is current? No, nah, we, we don't have any current. That's I'm gonna what call they say my, up there. Call my friends up the street. Hey, you guys got current? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's you guys a got one. current up there? <laughs> I call Junior. He's five minutes up the road. You got current? Current. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, how was the racing? I guess I mean you guys both had some challenges. I would say on track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. won the pole on Friday. Clint did win the pole, and that was probably uh, the first sign that we were going to have a weird race, right? I mean, because <laughs> that's certainly not normal. First time in twelve years. <laughs> uh, I got a text from his bus driver who wasn't out there, and he's like, uh, "That was Curtis. a four thousand three hundred and eighty-three no pole run <laughs> that we just solved." <laughs> like, that's a lot of that's a lot of days. But here's. Man, I don't know if they talked about it on the broadcast. Uh, I don't know how much it got out, but he found out right before the race that his grandmother had passed away. So, you know, he uh, he took his name off the door and put grandma above the door and went out and, and did his job to the best of his ability. You know, we, I was a little concerned about the race on Friday because our car had a lot of speed, but I felt like it didn't have a lot of grip and a lot of turn. So, um, yeah, that kind of proved to be the, the case. But, I mean, the damn – Guy running the guy that qualified second running our door mm. on the very first lap. He's our freaking teammate. We come down the front stretch, almost up against the wall. And TJ, I'll tell you, that's not where you run there. The fastest way is to go near the apron. Yeah. We're up against the wall trying to get away from him, and he's still running our door. Like I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I went down there to Reigns, who spots for Suarez, and I'm like, "What was that?" He's like, "Dude, if I was Clint, I'd be mad." I was like, "We are mad." <laughs> yeah, I mean. Hey, you're not the only one that he got. So. He got you too. Oh yeah, we're talking about that a little bit. Yeah, we won't get into that too much. I, you know, I don't. You want to qualify? You want to qualify good, but it's a double edged sword at these at these places now with this package. If you're gonna, you know, we're all. It's weird because in the beginning everyone was trying to get trimmed out, and you're trying to go as fast as you can. Like in the beginning of the year, we go to Vegas and the three and eight first handful of races with this package. The three and the eight were fast, right? Got in the race, really struggled in the race. Um, you know, now you can look down the order and you can tell because they, they you qual it's like company qualifying. Yeah, one company is here, then you know, then you got the thirty four, thirty eight. They're together, and you know, we were all um, we were all nineteenth to twenty second. Right, um, boy, you didn't stay back there long. No, we you know you were flying that first yeah. run. It was amazing yeah. how much grip you had. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, you want to you want to handle really well, and we and that's all we really focused on was just handling really well all weekend. And um, we weren't sure where we were going to qualify, but you really didn't care. I don't think. No, nah, we didn't. You don't really. Not I mean, at you that do point. for pit selection, but you do a little bit. But the stalls there are so big. Yeah, uh, there's not really a a huge advantage. To you it. know, I watched Harvick, who same thing, obviously qualified really well. In my mind, was about an eighth place race car, sixth to eighth place car. He and Brad, Brad ran 20th all night. He put on yeah. two tires at the end with Harvick, and they literally saved their days. Like they could, yeah. have, Brad was not going to have a good the night. 12 as well. When, when they made that two tire call, those guys got up there, and track position was so important. And man, kudos to their crew chiefs because uh, that, that two tire call there to put them in the front was a big deal for them. There's yeah. no way Brad Kozlowski was running top five after seeing how he ran all night. No, and you know, we were, we took four there, and we were seventh and got pinned on the bottom a little bit and 
just got back in the pack and got run under the apron in the three. And then a few laps later, we're making some ground back up and we just, uh, guy comes up like we're not even there. So, um, who was that? Who came up? The one that came up into you. Oh, Suarez. Yeah. And it wasn't, um, there was just a lot going on at that time. And, and, uh, I guess he wasn't told that we were there. We, you know how they get the big runs on the high side. And if you're not, if you're not talking, it's harder just to key up and kind of like you. When that's coming, you got to be counting it down from a while back. Yeah, like you those gotta restarts count. were nuts. On the broadcast, you we kind of saw a little bit. They were talking about Joey showing his displeasure to Suarez at one point. What was he saying over the radio to you? Uh, he was mad, obviously, because well, you just got run into the wall. I mean, you know, and nobody likes to be run into the wall. You know, you're out there running your race, and it, it's tight at times, but you expect everybody to keep control of their car and. And, um, you know, he was mad, and Daniel didn't know we were there, and, you know, uh, there was an apology given, and that's all you can really do. And you can't sit there and – you can't sit there and get involved in it. If we get into a match with him at that point, it's not – it's you know, there's bigger picture things here. So we got to – you know, you just got to gather your stuff up and move past it and and, uh, fix your car, get all you can get, and we ended up getting back to ninth, which is, I thought, pretty good at that point. Um, So that's all you can really do. You can't – that's something you talk to him later about or something, you know, maybe call him this week or or uh, go see him at the track next week or something like that. But, you know, if he didn't you, – you can't blame the guy. If he didn't know you were there, um, I think that's a little bit different scenario than what happened with you. But Yeah, what's your um, shirt say? Ride or die about 9 p.m. or so. What does that mean? Yeah, what's that mean? Oh, uh, it means like – The DMX shirt? What? Until about 9 p.m. Oh, until so? about 9. What does that mean? She's old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she go to bed at night. More of a day drinker. Oh. What, what is the, oh, there's another word in front of ride. I can't see for the microphone. I'm ride or die. I'm ride or die until about 9 p.m. or so. What a housewife. What? <laughs> it's just a shirt. Did you go to bed by 9 in Vegas? Definitely not. <laughs> what you do that was fun. Yeah, you that that, that had a little, <laughs> what's, well, the like not, the what's the not part? I will say... You're either in bed at 7 or you're in bed at 2. No, yeah. We just, I mean, uh, just went yeah. out to dinner late, and there's, like, a really cool... Um, Where'd you go to dinner? What was your best dinner? Have you been to Carmine's? It was just a, lo- like, low-key chill uh, place, but it's a really well-known restaurant in New York, okay. and when I, went to, when I went to New York, we went there, and then they had one in Vegas at Caesars, um, and so we went to that, and it was re- honestly so good. Yeah. Hmm. So much good food out there. There is yeah. a lot of good food. It's hard to beat. All right. Shall we uh, see what we're going to bid on from Pristine Auction? Yeah, so we bid on a Richard Petty photo last week, but I got outbid at literally the last second of the auction. I was, like, keeping it up, putting up the bid, but then we got outbid, so we That's lost That's not it. acceptable, Jason. I can't help it. Literally, I was ready to, like, win it, and then all of a sudden Maybe said Maybe at the last outbid. second, you hey, up it, like, a few of, dollars. Speaking of win, what happened to you and TJ playing basketball for 100 bucks? I'm still actually have my doctor's appointment next week to get cleared to play sports again so I can start Good. training I'm down. Stuff. I'm down almost 10 now. I'm getting back into the form, <laughs> Jason. We'll, we'll keep you up. That'll happen pretty soon. Dude, you still don't have clearance to play basketball? I can't play sports until this... Like six months after the well, you're gonna heels. suck when you start back because that's a long break. Yeah, so I need some time to recover. Oh my god! So what, what do we have we can bid on today since we're not bidding on autographed Jason Schultz basketballs? <laughs> Jason's broke. Those arm be up or on whatever. pristine auction pretty soon. So we've got a couple options of different signed photos here. We've got a Bill Elliott signed photo, a Richard Childress signed photo, or a Kaylee Yarbrough signed photo. 
Oh, it's got to be Kaler Bill, in my opinion, right now. I like Kale, y'all, bro. He's a South Carolina sand yeah. lapper. Let's All go right. for Kale. Is it, right. is it? What, what's he wearing? So it's him crossing the finish line for the Daytona 500. And In the Hardy's car or what car? I can't tell. It looks like Hardy's, but it's a little blurry. But it's got a... So 28 car? Uh, yes. Let's get that. It's also a nice black and white photo. So that'll look awesome on the table. So Jason, I'll put my bid on it. when the last bid is getting ready to go off, just I'm, up at like $3 or yes, something. Yes, I'm prepared. Are we, missing, are we missing something on the table? Yeah, are we missing some? It's the wrong last football. You want to admit to this theft? No, I haven't stole anything. I'm not. I don't. So there was. Stuff. A, remember, we had the Clemson Tigers little uh, cut out from the football. It's, been, it's gone missing. And I, I haven't seen it since I cut it out. But it's been sitting on the table. I just don't know where it well, went. That's just that's stupid. Anyway, I'm glad <laughs> it's gone. Well. So you don't want to admit to it yet? I don't. I don't have it. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you probably threw it out. Yeah, that's what I. You don't have it. Clemson's playing my school's team this weekend. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, it's going to be Maybe we'll upset. UNCC is going to upset Clemson. Do you yeah. honestly think that's a possibility? <laughs> Would you like to see that? Yeah, your best player wouldn't even be on their practice squad. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to go well. <laughs> not going to go well. Happy thinking. Let's go. Yeah. Kick it, Casey. Spot on, spot on, spot on, spot on. Spot on, spot on, you like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic. Kyle Busch's post-race interview after running into the back of the 52 car. Jason, you want to read it? So he had a lot of short answers to Jeff Gluck or the media members that were around. But then his last quote was, I'm answering the dumbest effing questions over and over again. And then he just left. Spot on, spot off. (laughs) Brett, Uh, that's for you. Man, you know, I'm spot on for, uh, for how candid he was. You know, but if I'm his sponsor that's paying tens of millions of dollars that's not a cheap team to run that's a very that's one of the biggest sponsors in the sport and for him to display display this much not give a crap about the championship and about the race and about the effort that's my phone call right you know the fact that he's upset i can relate to as a competitor the fact that he handles some of it that way i can relate to as a competitor the fact that he managed the whole interview process the way that he did. Look, he, Marshawn Lynch was there yesterday, beast mode, and this is how he handled all of his interviews. So maybe he and Kyle had breakfast together or something, <laughs> but we don't live in that world. We don't live in that space. And given the fact that this is the first race of the playoff and we're all trying to go out there and put our best foot forward and win a championship, he still had a top 10 day. Uh, he drove into the back of that car. You know, when I, when I watched that replay, I watch him enter the corner in the same line that that car was running. I watch him roll faster than that car and drove right into the back of Garrett Smithley. And TJ and I have a lot of times on this show said those lap cars race stupid. I don't think Garrett Smithley did a thing wrong. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spot on for how you know the um, how colorful he is with his you know with his words, but. It's got to be aggravating for reporters and stuff. You can't get it. You're asking the guy a serious question, and you can't get a you know. I don't. How about a serious answer? Maybe with some, a little bit of you know added to it. But he wouldn't even really give them an answer, or even just show appreciation for the fact that. Yeah, I mean, these people are trying to do, do their, their jobs. Yeah, yeah, even though he gave them plenty of content to post with that right there. But you're right. not getting any real material. You're just getting okay. This guy's being a jerk right now. But right. you know, I, I'm glad he's very uh, colorful. But he did just drive directly into the back of that guy and 
you know, he said he was told that guy's been run, you know, he's been running the top, which we do that. You say, okay, we're catching this guy. That doesn't mean he's going to run at this look, this corner. He's been running the top. I mean, in my opinion, a lapper in the middle there is almost better than, you know, I mean. He was giving, it almost seemed like he was giving Kyle the better line knowing that he was. He still drove straight into the back of him. If if we leave here and we're driving down the road and I hit you in the back of your car, a square in the back of your car, whose fault is it? It's mine. Yeah. Well, I know that that, um, windshields are clear, so you can see out of them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know Garrett and them, they weren't, they were off the pace, but. It, well, they weren't stopped. They were moved. They were, and this is a wide racetrack. I mean, it's a really wide it racetrack. It's four, it's four lanes. You could run more four wide easily. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I I don't think I don't think Garrett did anything wrong. He didn't he didn't have any abrupt lane changes. That's what I would have had a problem with if he would have if Kyle would have went in there, and you know he aimed to go a little bit higher and Garrett moved up two three lanes into that path. I would have an issue with that. Yeah. You followed him into the corner and you hit him. What's he supposed to do? If he would have done this and been knocked out of the race, and as soon as he crawled from his car, had this attitude, I would be more acceptance. I would have more acceptance with it. But he did this. He came back to a top 10, still scored a lot of points, had a decent day, had a lot of time to think about it, to get out of the car and have that attitude at that point, man, I don't have a lot of patience for that. Yeah. Dale Jarrett, Jimmy Johnson, there's a lot of champions that we could name that certainly would have handled, handled that a lot differently, given the amount of time that he had to get his composure back. If he couldn't get that, – that's – I mean, that's the, been Kyle's problem. He's yeah. He's got more talent, in my mind, than potentially every single driver out there. But the mental aspect of it, he can he, – he can't – Jimmy Johnson's tougher than he is. Garrett Smithley and Joey Gase were talking about what Kyle said to them after the race. Zach Joey Al- Gase was in, in the race yesterday. <laughs> That's good that you didn't know that because that means he wasn't in the way. Yeah, yeah. good for him. So um, <laughs> in response to Kyle's comments, Zach Albert tweeted this. Joey Gase said, any day if he wants to switch cars, I'd be happy to. And Garrett Smithley said he's never been in the position we've been in, so he doesn't know how that goes. That's the way I see it. Joey Gase doesn't want to switch cars. No, no he'll, he'll, he'll well. he he'd probably get embarrassed still. Yeah, but, yeah. I but I mean, love, I, they actually should do that now. They, I can they, tell you this: the guy that's going to get in Joey Gase's car is not going to be very happy after one lap. No. And I, I mean, I. But Kyle Busch would run eight tenths faster than Joey Gase can run in that car. He would run faster, but he's not going to be happy. No. The, he's not you might as well, if you're spotting for him for that race, go ahead and turn your radio off. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. That'd be a great interview after that one. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, how was your day? Probably. Next one. Logano receives damage after contact with Suarez. Spot on, spot off. This one is definitely for you, TJ. I have no idea how I can spot on that. <laughs> um, yeah, spot off. It was it was avoidable, but it happened, and stuff happens on the racetracks, and you can sit there and get mad at it all day, but there's nothing you can do about it after it happens. So um, when you made it four wide getting into three on the bottom – did he run you on the apron, or did you get tight because he was tight on you? What happened there? I only saw one um, quick replay. So we got inside probably the 70, 75% mark of the straightaway. We got inside on the bottom. and So you didn't you didn't dive bomb him. You didn't kamikaze him. No, there was room. They just Everyone just kept turning to the corner, and it was a 37 that was outside of us, and then he was on the outside of the 40. He raced us like a dick yesterday. Well, uh, we, 37. Yeah, we we uh, and the forty one. <laughs> I think it was just 
not enough messages. I think the 41 had the 37 crowd a little bit, and the 37 just crowded us because there was room when we got there. They just kept coming down, and that, that really wasn't um, – Two non-playoff guys. Yeah, and, you know, we got to the end of the um, first stage there, and, and we were catching some lap traffic up there, and instead of trying to knife all the way through it, we just kind of – and being smart, you didn't want to try to get around them. Who Those guys are going to – race you super hard at that point we had a seven second lead yeah those guys are going to race you super hard um you know there's a we did you know we were just kind of trying to play it smart and play it good and the 37 yeah. was the one in front of us and, okay and uh so you, you know, had two run-ins with a 41 uh i don't it, in the three i think was just racing i don't think okay i mean we we got in there at a three-quarter mark by the time some of them guys said it some of them guys are probably already getting thought knew where they were going to turn into the corner yeah okay so I, I just think that was racing and obviously daniel didn't know we were outside of him there off of two so i you know it's just it just happens it's racing yeah. yeah sometimes you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time sometimes you're the windshield sometimes, sometimes you're, you're the, the bug. bug should non-playoff guys be more aware that they're racing around guys going for the championship i think they are for the most part depends I think. on if you want to be that guy right yeah, I mean there's some guys out there that don't care if you're i mean that to guy. me chris busher doesn't have a job next year uh, Daniel Suarez doesn't have a job next year, so they're racing <clears throat> for their livelihood, Jason, right? So, I mean, they don't really care about playoff guys. They care about how they're going to pay their bills next year, in my yeah, mind. Right? I mean, honestly, staying on the lead lap and not losing a lap at certain points and on restarts and stuff, you know, you got to get all you can get. It's, it's Those um, restarts were insane. Yeah, and it's... I don't know, man. You never know when them cautions are going to come out. You're going to come out. You never know when you're going to get that 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 break, man. You never know, and you got to fight every you got to fight every lap like it's your last lap. Yeah. Next one: Starting parks can't park anymore, or they make less money. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Man, it. Uh, you know, I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time how how far off the pace they can be, and at the same time. A lot of a lot of races, they're what makes it exciting, you know, especially in the Xfinity series where yeah. there's a lot of them. Um, but the start and park model changed. NASCAR said if you don't run a certain percentage of the laps and you guys keep pulling off for no reason, we're not going to pay you. And I think when you look at the model of that, it is a big spot on because it requires those guys to put forth a bigger effort. Where I, where I think NASCAR has a tough. Uh, spot is and we've talked about this before is making sure those guys maintain minimum speed and if they're not they got to go and i still wouldn't pay them because if yeah. you if your car hasn't been damaged and your car and your driver aren't capable of making minimum speed i'm sorry but that means you suck at your job and when i when you suck at your job you get fired you don't get paid so i think that there's got to be maybe they go revisit that if i'm running that side of the things yeah there's uh some guys found a w- found ways to get cars into the race and make a living off of this by not running as many laps, not putting the main laps in their equipment and parking the car, getting purse money for it, you know, and some guys have made a really good living off of this and nothing wrong with it. It fit the system. They didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But that's just how they, they didn't have enough money to fund the team for a competitive race. So they were doing the best they could. Um, but I do think it's a step in the right direction as far as being competitive cars out there, because Let's be honest. When you watch a World of Outlaw race, when does it get exciting? When you catch the traffic. Yeah. The guy in second catches back up, and guess who's on the edge of their seat? Everyone in them grandstands. Everyone watching. I mean, you know when a guy, when the leader gets the traffic and second starts closing in on them, that keeps it, you know, tighter. And 
if you have starting parks, you lose that. You lose some of that effect. I know when you catch these guys, you're not going to be happy getting held up by them. Uh, cost us stage two. You know, we caught some lappers and we got held up a little bit. The 19 gets rounds with two to go. But I mean, that's um, it's not fun when you're on that end of it. But it's it, what fans want to see. It mean. makes it exciting. The difference between a starting park team and a team like TJ and I work for is when I spot for the 10 car with Elliot Sadler, they're not there to make money. They're there to race, and they hope racing well ends up making them profitable. The starting park guys are there as a business. They're there to make money. They're not buying tires. They're not buying cars. They're not investing in engineering. They're trying to make money. So it's a whole different model. But NASCAR is trying to hold them accountable to earning that starting spot by saying, you got to race. Um, but they have to race to the expectation of actually being racing, not just riding around out there in a, in a rental car. You know what I mean? Fair. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto to take. <laughs> wow, I said that just like <laughs> Brett does. Matt DiBenedetto to take over the 21 ride in 2020 after Paul Menard retires. Spot on, spot off. Brett, because I want to hear you say his name. Matt DiBenedetto. <laughs> no. Matt DiBenedetto? <laughs> Matt DiBenedetto. Brett adds yeah. like an extra N. Yeah. You're like D-Benny like Benedetto. This guy <laughs> just went from the outhouse to the penthouse. Like he went from living in a trailer to living with Hugh Hefner. And I'm not speaking poorly about the 95 car. I'm speaking poorly about the fact that he just got fired. And he is getting in with one of the best organizations in NASCAR. So, yeah. And he's never won a race. Right? Like he's yeah. never. I think it is won so cool that Paul is the one who recommended that he. Well, Paul's the, the wealthy owner or well, the wealthy sponsor guy. Right. But the fact that it was a simple, like, this, well, I mean, it's probably a little bit more complicated than what they're saying. I think it's a good fit. Yeah. I think it's a good fit. I think Matt, Matt has bet on himself a couple times or he's done, he's taken the path of, um, he's bet on himself. And he put himself in some spots, and now it's paying off for him. TJ so. told y'all earlier in the year that Paul Menard was going to retire. No, I didn't. Yeah, he did. I you said asked, something I asked about Freddie if somebody was going to go in that car. Oh, well. I just got a 14-year-old. A 14-year-old put those words in my mouth, which is <laughs> awesome. TJ, take the credit. <laughs> well, we did hear months ago that he was yeah. going to retire. And obviously, it's Paul. It's been talked about for Paul a couple years. Paul is right doing his thing. You know, I know that Paul still wants to come back and do some racing. I, I, and I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, going to be a lot of pressure on Matt to win races and make the playoff. And if you're in that car, you should be expected to make the playoff. That's a good car. It's a quality ride. It's a big break for this guy. If he doesn't do well in this car, he won't. Uh, he won't get this opportunity again. This is it. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy for them guys and Paul. I hope Paul stays involved with that. And you know what I mean. Comes and I don't know what their sponsorship situation with it, but I hope Paul stays involved with them. And He's got some talented guys on that team. Yeah, it's, it's Billy a, Kerwood, friend of mine, worked with him at MWR, uh, a guy that has a big skill set about cars and a big skill set about engineering. And it's very rare you get a guy working on the car that has a skill set like that. Uh, there's some talented folks on that race team. Yeah, it's good, though. I mean, it's, you know, Matt's going to go in there excited, which is good. He's going to, you know, that team's going to be excited. Yeah. Um, We're a spotter podcast. So what do you think happens with a spotter in that situation? you think they retain Joey Meyer? Or do you think that Matt has the ability to maybe have a, have a guy he wants to bring with him? 
Is it depend? Is it really the driver's choice, or how does that? It's either the owner or the driver. That's who makes that call, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean either... I've said before to my buddies, when a rookie driver brings his own spotter, I think it's a mistake because what we do is a lot harder than what people think it is. And when you're walking in with a rookie spotter, and by rookie, I mean never have you know spotted a cup right. race. I do think if you have a veteran driver and a rookie spotter, it can be okay, or vice versa. If you have a veteran spotter and a rookie driver, it can be okay. But, but seeing these first-year guys, they don't know what they need. Right? Yeah. They've never raced at this level. They don't realize how hard it is. I mean, when you look at some of these guys that are super talented, I mean, like a Daniel Suarez, he's, a, he's an Xfinity Series champion, won some races. And in the Cup Series, he hasn't won races. Like, to, when I see guys come in as rookies and bring their own rookie spotter, I'm like, oh, this is going to be an uphill battle, right? Restarts are big. Plate racing is a lot different. We're a lot more aggressive. But I guess just, you know, my question to TJ is, do you think he what, – what do you think happens there? Um – I don't know. I mean, we know a little bit more about the situation. You know, the current guy that spots for him works at the works at the shop as well. Um, he has a full time job there, so it'd be yeah. hard. You know, it's going to be hard for. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. To me, to me, he, he's obviously got a really good. Um, obviously, him and uh, Doug Campbell working great with each other right now. Yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't listen to him, but uh, you know, they've had some solid runs. It looks like they're building together and stuff. So that, yeah. um, you know, the other option is the guy that's spot the twenty one car now, past champion, been up front a lot, uh, knows the ins and outs, um, well established plate racer. You know, he's got a pretty good, he's got a pretty good resume. So it's it, it'd be, it'd be hard for me. To me, you know, you're, it's still going to be a learning curve with with um, the one that he's with now. They're still going to have to grow together and stuff. Or do you go in there and you you get a guy that you know has already got the experience and has a has the the background the he's got the hardware to prove it. Yeah. And try to build from him. You know, can he teach you something? Yeah. So that that's going to be a choice that maybe Matt has to make. I'm not sure. Yeah. And Matt's had a lot of spotters. I mean, he's been racing a long time. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see for us what plays out there. Does, does he bring his guy? Does Joey Meyer this there now stay? Or is there another guy that yeah. and, uh, they're And, you know, the at? guy that's getting in that car, too. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a Gibbs driver. Yeah. Christopher Bell's coming, obviously, to the 95. Toyota will step up what the 95 gets. And Gibbs usually likes to keep their guys with their people. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the trucks and um, the Xfinity car. It's one of them guys the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to start asking this a lot more as we get closer to the end of the season. Any other silly season rumors? It's getting ready to happen. Yep. It is getting there's, ready to there's, happen. It's getting ready to, to – there's getting ready to be drivers. That Holy are, cow, I thought we had a Sasquatch sighting. Never mind. Just donor walked in. There's – uh, <laughs> it's getting ready to start happening. I don't know when it will hit the streets, but there's things that oh. are shaking out. Oh, hit the streets. I'm a 14-year-old. Watch your mouth. <laughs> get ready. Oh, so what's going to happen? Yeah, do you share. Now, what are you doing next year? I don't know yet. I don't have a job. <sighs> he knows what he's doing. TJ, I do not have a job. I do not have a contract to spot <sighs> Cup. I do not have a contract to spot Xfinity. I do not have a job with anything at this point in my in my life. So if, you, if there's any good jobs out there, let me know so I can send my resume and apply. Oh man! Well, but it's getting ready to happen, you guys. And I don't think there's any huge moves as far as like a list guys that's going to happen. But I definitely uh, we're de- definitely getting ready to see some movement. 
I mean, there's got to be, there's going to be some movement. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, let's be honest with each other. And this may bite me in the ass. And, and if it does, it does, right? That's life. But when you look at Reddick, when you look at Custer, when you look at Bell, those guys are all ready to move from the Xfinity Series where they promote that names are made here. Well, those guys have won a lot of races. Now that we don't have cup drivers in the field every freaking week, these guys have won a lot of races. They deserve an opportunity to go get in a cup car. Making their names. Making their names. So that means three guys in the cup series are out. Do we think that all three of them are going up? I know two out of the three are. We know Bell is. Yeah. What was the second one? <laughs> yeah, you know I'm not in the mood today. I'll tell you. I'll tell y'all yeah, next week. Yeah. All right. Well, before we take a break, we do want to take a moment of silence for Mike Stefanik, who passed away yesterday. So I, I'm not a huge modified fan. I'm not sure how big of a modified fan TJ is. I certainly respect what those guys do, and I know a lot of names, and I've watched some modified races. I'm a race fan, so I love all of it. But I was texting with Freddie, who is a modified nut. Like, he loves it. And I was like, up. man, give me, a, give me some Mike Stefanik numbers. 74 career wins, most all-time by, like, 30 wins. Nine. Second highest is, like, 44. Nine uh, championships. 12 Bush North wins, which is now the K&N series, but Bush North back in the day. I mean, guys like Martin Truex have come through there. Seven-time modified champion, two-time Bush North champion, won both championships, 97, 98. 1999 tr- tr- Craftsman Truck Series Rookie of the Year at 41 years old. Like, when you look at this thing and you see that he was going into the Hall of Fame, you hear this resume and you're like, why why is he not in there already? Because the Modified Series within the NASCAR world deserves more respect. This guy should have been in. It's unfortunate that he lost his life the year that he's going in and obviously in in an aviation accident. Um, But yeah, I mean, certainly an all-around hell of a race car driving dude. That's crazy. 41-year-old Rookie of the Year. That's awesome. 41-year-old Rookie of the Year. Yeah. That's crazy. And to win two championships in two different divisions in the same year, that's back impressive. Back-to-back years. Yeah, that's impressive, man. That's really impressive. Will, man. Dude's a well-known guy, especially in the Northeast, like you said. I've watched him race many times at Watkins Glen, and uh, not as much on the modified side, but the Bush North stuff, I've seen him run. And, uh, that, I mean, that's a heck of a resume. Hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them, man, because you just you never know. You know what I wish? I wish Rookie of the Year, man, when he won that, it meant something back then. Oh, huge. Like, Rookie of the Year was used to be, like, when you went into the Cup Series as a rookie, you were like, that's my goal, Rookie of the Year. I want to beat these other guys coming in here. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. When I ran the Dash Series, all I wanted to do was be the Goodies Dash Series Rookie of the Year that year. Right. I, I ended up getting Rookie of the Year and finishing, like, fifth in the points or something. Yeah. Which is, but I've got that trophy at home, and that trophy means a lot to me. Right. Seeing that, it's, and it's NASCAR, Goodies Dashies, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, it used to mean a ton. It did. It well, did. it was hard, man. It was hard. <laughs> it wasn't easy. You, even in the Dashies, it was hard. Yeah. The guy I ran against, you know Eric Wilson? Yeah. The tall, used to be a Jackman yeah. guy? Yeah. That's who I ran against Rookie of the Year. Right. Yeah. He's probably 25 years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> we were running the same year. He had been running the Dash Series, but he only ran like four, five, six races a year, so he didn't run right. enough to get like. So I ran a full season the same year he did and beat yeah. him for Rookie of the Year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, fun times. Thoughts and prayers to you guys, though. That's a yeah, big, sure. big tough loss, and obviously, uh, accidents are in my mind. Accidents are harder to swallow than you know mm-hmm. some of the alternative ways that people go. So, yeah. rest in peace, dude.
Let's see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. The Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, NASCAR Hall of Famer Ron Hornaday stops by. Plus, catch us on TV now, 5 p.m., 9 p.m., and midnight Eastern time on NBCSN. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. Man, we love pristineauction.com. They are an online auction site with only the most authentic and affordable memorabilia. Yeah, many different types of auctions, including daily auctions with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly. Also, the 10-minute auction is great if you just want to get in there and get some quick stuff. Uh, Really cool. They guarantee these items are authentic, which is a big freaking deal. The last thing you want to do is go out and buy an autograph and it not be the actual autograph of the person that you think you're getting an autograph of. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen these black market autographs. These guys are guaranteeing the authenticity of these autographs. I was going to ask you to say that word one more time just to make sure you could say it. Which one? Uh, Authentication? Authenticity? Authenticity? (laughs) He says it right. (laughs) He normally messes that up. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so check out some of these items. Uh, went for really low prices. Got, I want a Joey Logano signed piece. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a signed piece of Joey Logano um, race-used sheet metal went for just thirty-one fifty. Let me tell you something. I also saw a Dale Earnhardt Sr. good wrench pocket knife went for just 20 bucks, man. Ty Burrell, who was on Modern Family, a show I'm a big fan of, had a signed photo just go for sixteen eighty, and I totally go for that. Not too much money, and it's he's pretty funny. You know who I want to autograph of? It was the guy that was at the show, the race yesterday, Kip from Yellowstone. You guys watch that documentary? No, I never. Oh, it's I on know Netflix, dude. It's the I saw best. It. I didn't download it, but I dude, looked at Kevin it. Kevin Costner. If you're not watching Yellowstone, you need to go watch it. But it's uh, as a DBC listener, enter the registration code clear C L E A R. It's in the very first box of the registration page. That'll get you $5 off your auction credit to spend. Yeah, it's quick and free to register as well. If you love DBC, go check them out, pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. Maybe uh, we can sell enough stuff through DBC on there that you know they'll let me run the midget one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd be down to watch do that, that happen. You can, you can probably make that happen now. Jared, proceed. No, no, we need to sit. Yeah, Jared, we need to like do some, some special event. I'm not guaranteeing running good or doing anything great. We but could do a GoFundMe and raise go, enough money to yeah, do that. Yeah, we can go test there, out of track. Is there a crash clause in these things, Casey? Oh, yes. Oh, man, you, we got to trust TJ's ability a, more I than have that. A house, we have a house to pay for, you know, crash we, clause. Uh, yeah, more like your vacation of the Four Seasons. Oh <laughs> so for you people listening, when you hear the word crash clause, what that means is you can go sponsor the car, and let's when just I make flip. up a number. Let's <laughs> just say you can sponsor a, a, a truck for $100,000 and go run Daytona, and then if you crash it, you got to pay an extra fifty. That's what a crash clause means. It depends yes. how much you wreck and how much it costs. He's not going to wreck. That. He's going to be too slow to wreck. True. I mean, then you should be great. I would pay $1,000 to, to obviously should, not watch him get hurt, but just to watch him flip. A show. I don't want to go run like some big event, but just no. like a local show somewhere to show up some point and Right here at Millbridge? Um, That's too small. No, man. there's a track that... That's uh, too small. I don't want to run Chad will test guys at somewhere close to here. We can make this happen. Jason, we should throw There's a cool dirt That'd track awesome. in Denver, North Carolina. I don't know if Lincoln Speedway, maybe. Thunder Valley? Mm-hmm. Is that the name of it? Uh, it's yeah. A, it's in Denver. It's awesome. Is it in, in Denver? Is, it, is that, uh, how far is Lincolnton? 
It, it's right there. It's in. I think that's Lincoln Thunder Valley. I went there yeah. one time. It's awesome. Okay, well, we need yeah. to make this I happen. I went with Ray Abraham there once. Cool place. Yeah. We can probably do two midgets, and then Brett, you get in match one. race. Me versus Brett. Yes. I, I am not running one of them things. Them things are the, uh-uh. They're, what? They're, it's I, a midget. It's they're, not that they're dangerous. Thank you. I need I need something with fenders on it, man. You give me a fender, I'm in. What about a wing? That's I'm better fat, than a fender. Brother, I'm too fat that's to be better flipping. than a wing. I mean, that's better than a you know, a wing's better than a fender. At least it crunches and crumbles and stuff. Nah, that I, sounds good. I ain't, I ain't riding nothing. Man, it's flipping. the thrill of driving something okay, like well, that, though. I don't like heights. When people flip, they get well, high. Good. You don't have to well, flip. Yeah, don't flip. <laughs> Just lose to I'm me. I'm out. Give me a super dirt light model. I'm in. TJ, no, we'll make this happen. Gosh. Super dirt late model. I would race you fenders, dog. That's all you see is a left front fender and a dirt late model. I know, but I ain't gonna flip. But <laughs> you might. Ow. I would, uh, I'd rather be in a All right, well, we need to work on this. Yep. Go I'd check rather. out pristineauction.com. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off-the-wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop some talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question. Was a 4.30 p.m. Pacific time start ideal for Sunday's cup race at Las Vegas? What do you think, TJ? No. Ding. What time okay. would have been ideal? Saturday night. I'm yeah. going to tell you what time would have been ideal. The problem of running at night, though, you can't run at night because night there is 7 o'clock there is 10 o'clock Eastern. So we're not going to lose our whole fan base. We've got to run that race at 9 in the morning, 12 o'clock Eastern. Like, we waited for it to get hot before we started the race. The Xfinity race, there was like a five-hour gap between qualifying, the driver's meeting, and the race, and there was nothing going on on track. I don't know who the, the driving party is here. I realize TV has a lot at stake. They're going to ultimately tell us right. when we're going to race. But, man, it's 103 degrees. If, if we expect people to come out and watch us race, and listen, there were a lot of people in town. I've not seen Vegas that crowded when we were out there in a very long time. It looked like Super Bowl weekend. But they're not going to leave the strip to come sit outside and bake in 103-degree heat. When we started the race, that was the hottest it was all day. Let's start that thing at 9 in the morning, be done by noon, let these people go back to the strip. If we start at 9 in the morning, they won't even have to go to bed. They can just come on out. I think we need to start um – you know, five, six o'clock on, I think, Thursday trucks, Friday Xfinity, Saturday Cup. Yeah. I think it needs to go like that. You know, I don't, I don't agree um, with the 9 a.m. because everyone will still be drunk. So, yeah, I want to I want to start early enough. I want to start early enough so it ends early enough out there so people have a reason to go back, come to the racetrack, right. go back, and still have an evening out on the town. Right, because you had the fight going on Saturday night. You had that Olympia competition. There's always going to be stuff right. in Vegas going on, but I want to give the people a chance to come check out the race. Go back to the hotel, take a shower, and go to the bar and have a few drinks. I just don't want them to burn up. Yeah. I think yeah, the TV freaking TV hot. probably played the factor with all the football games going it on. It was yesterday was in three degrees. Honestly, though, yesterday was probably – there was a breeze. And we got some cloud cover. And there was a little bit of cl- Saturday. cloud cover. No, Saturday, Saturday was, was hot. brutal. Saturday was hot. But, man, we used to race – Friday was hot. <laughs> man, I used to go to my grandma's house right after church, and as soon as you'd get there, the race was coming on at 12.15, 12.30. And you have Benny Parsons firing up, you know, Chris Konomaki, like – Let's do a retro weekend out there in Vegas where that's when we run. We run it we run at freaking lunchtime on the on the East Coast and run in the morning. Man, football kicks off at one o'clock East Coast, ten o'clock in the morning West Coast. Like we can hundred percent support sporting events being going off early. I want Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. I feel you, dog. We get it this weekend. Friday night, Saturday night, Richmond. All right. Next one, the Xfinity Series playoffs begin at Richmond with a strong field of contenders. Who you got to take the championship? Brett. I'm going to go with Reddick. 
mm. because nobody is better than running the high line in that guy. And, and I'm not going to lie to you, man. I came into Homestead last year thinking Bell was going to wear him out. And Reddick was like, I talked to him before the race. And I was like, man, don't go up there early for no reason and knock the wall down. He's like, I'm going to have to go up there and run up there all day to perfect what I got to do. And that's what he did. And he absolutely kicked everybody's butt. I think RCR's mile and a half stuff is off right now. But by then, they should have it figured out. And he is the guy to beat at Homestead. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. He just finds a way. He makes mistakes still, and that's the only thing that scares me about Tyler. He still makes a few mistakes, um, but he rebounds well, and that's a sign of a really good team. Um, yeah. The the teams that have been rebounding, and I've been, you know, I'm, I've been watching the teams that have have adversity and still make their way back up there. Tyler does it um, here lately. I've I've seen Austin Cindric do it a little bit. Yeah. He, he's been right there, and then something else would happen. Um, he's He's rebounding well from mistakes and every little things that happen, and to me, that's a sign of championship teams. So, I'll go with uh, I got to go with with Tyler though. Head to the first short track of the playoffs at Richmond. Would you encourage your driver to rough up another driver to win on Saturday night, TJ? Uh, absolutely not. It's a long playoffs right now, and you got to be there at the end. If you had one bad, you can't afford bad races, and if you make somebody mad and you take them out of contention for something, they're going to try to do the same to you. So this is where you have to race. This is where the mental part takes over. You have to race smart. You have to race aggressive, aggressively smart um, is one way I would put it. But you you got to be there to finish the races. If you don't finish these races, you gotta, you're in a hole. We know it's almost like you've seen which drivers you can rough up by now and which ones you can't. Like, obviously, Denny roughing up um, – Chase Elliott had big consequences. You know, Joey Logano roughing up Martin Truex had zero consequences. So when you look at a guy like Truex that's locked into the playoff, if he's leading the race and a guy like Clint is coming who isn't nowhere near locked into the next round, uh, I'm not going to encourage anything. I would hope Clint's going to encourage himself. Yeah, you don't. You got to look at the risk versus reward here. And if you're going to, when you say rough up, there's a difference in doing what happened to Chase Elliott and what happened to Martin at Martinsville. One guy didn't finish the race, and the other guy finished second. You know, side by side across start finish line. That's good short track racing. That's short track racing. That's roughing him up, though. To me, it didn't wreck. Uh, yeah, no, Jason didn't put wreck him. He said rough him up. I'm okay with roughing it up. If it, you got to look at the big picture, though. If, if you're going to Homestead and it gets you to Homestead, that's a different story because you can't. If this guy's there and he th- at that point, Martin was pretty much locked into Homestead. Yeah. Um, if that guy, if that guy's going to be there as well already, you're you're going to go there and just race hard. Nobody's going to, you're not going to hand the championship to one of the other two guys just because you want to take each other out. But so. if you're heading into the Roval the next weekend where it's nobody knows who's going to going to win that one, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot more. On Absolutely, the is yeah. just going to be a survival race. These guys, we, we've said it on here before. These guys get paid a lot of money to go win races, and and TJ and I've said before, win at all costs. So. Right. If you know, we if, had a chance to move Martin in the spring race at Richmond, and we fought. We didn't do it. We did too, and we didn't do it. And we and, looking it, back, we should have. Looking back, I, I think we did the right thing. I mean, we yeah, did. it would have been great we to didn't, win because we we ended up having, having literally to be one of the last guys in. Yeah, you're on the boat. When we ran him down from a straightaway back in three laps, and then we raced him and burned our stuff up for thirty, and then TJ come up there and passed us with like ten to go. We ended up running third. But had we just moved him and went on, we'd have won the race. Yeah, there's a there's a risk versus reward thing there, and I was talking with a, a retired driver the other day, 
And he said to me, you know, the biggest mistake I made in my career was I cared about what my peers thought about me. And looking back at it, having been removed from driving, I haven't heard from not one single one of those guys. So I wasted a lot of time worrying about what they thought about me and worried about how I raced them. Looking back, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd do it entirely different. Yeah, that's true. And I look at a guy like Ross Chastain who races very aggressively, and it's like, he could afford to take some advice like that, right? Because, I mean, TJ, I'll tell you, I mean, I mean, th- this guy literally said these people aren't a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, you're there to race. You, you should have that that same desire you had when you were 10 years old racing this next kid. You wanted to beat him. You were yep. going to do whatever it took. That needs to carry into this. That's the way Tony Stewart raced. It's the way Carl Edwards raced. I mean, there's, it's the yeah. way a lot of guys raced. They didn't care who they pissed off. I mean, you weren't, you weren't trying to hurt the guy or anything like that, but no, you wanted to beat him. Of course not. Yeah, you wanted to beat him. Yeah. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home, so request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. I had the offer pad guys at the racetrack this weekend. We're trying to, to get them to do some more sponsorship stuff out here in our world. And maybe my day job will pay off, TJ, and I, I'll, uh, I'll have the opportunity to at least have a job doing something marketing-related if I can't find a job spotting. But uh, it's awesome to hear how fast they're growing and how their relationships with, with companies like Keller Williams are doing and and obviously Casey's on the business side of what we do, but anytime you've got a sponsor that's looking to grow and, and do things and they're like, Man, you guys race in the markets where we have houses. Your fan is, you know, the two hundred and fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollar house. Like that's our wheelhouse. So it's awesome, it's fun. And those guys go to offerpad.com, enter your address, yeah. enter your name, boom, they give you an offer in twenty four hours. Yeah, it's so super quick. Twenty four hours. You go in there, you put your name and address in, you get an offer within twenty four hours. And uh, that's it. You don't have to take it. But if you do take it, you don't have to. You're, you can move the closing date as many times as you want. You're not locked into it. You're not. You don't have to move out by a certain date. They'll move you as well. So they make it as easy and as seamless as possible for you to sell your house, job change, need to move anything. Go to offerpad.com, enter your info, and give us the credit. Door bumper clear. Offerpad.com. Ask DBC. First question. Brandon87 asks, it seems like a lot of cars really came close to making contact getting on pit road. What kind of signal or heads up do other spotters give each other to let you know that their guy is pitting? Right? <laughs> He's talking to me. I can tell you this, man. So we were, we had pitted. We were out there flying around. Uh, the double zero, the 13, and the 95 had not pitted. Oh, I saw this. And as we went in the three, I'm like, hey, you're catching these guys on all tires. They haven't pitted yet. Man, the 13 slams on brakes. Clint's in the gas on the bottom, and I just start screaming. And – you know, Clint's like, well, I need to know that. Well, hey, bud, if I knew it, I would have told you. Like, yeah. I didn't see Billy O wave. Billy O, who spots for Ty Dillon, didn't come down there to me and say, hey, we're pitting this lap. Maybe he didn't get enough notice. I don't know. But we did not know Ty Dillon was pitting, and we almost rear-ended him. It's so situational, man. If me and Brett are racing for the lead or racing for the win, and, you know, you're trying to outsmart the other guy, and this has happened in the past. It happened, happened at Sonoma last year. You don't want people to know when you're pitting sometimes because if they know, they're going to adjust their strategy accordingly. So you don't know until the last second sometimes when you're pitting. 
um, the most you can do is when you're getting close and you you know who's going to be behind you, you go talk to that guy and you say, hey, watch watch for me in the next three, four laps. Watch me. And you, every, then you see down there, you keep making eye contact with him or something because you're not trying to advertise what you're doing. Half, I mean, you don't want to advertise it. It's a chess match out there, and you don't – you don't want to give up anything. We wave when we're going to pit. We literally take our hand and we wave it up in the air. And, and you know, that's a responsibility that we have to one another. And But at the end of the day, we have to be looking to see the wave, you know. So Jason yeah. Jarrett come flying down there to me yesterday who was spotting for Ryan Newman. Hey, man, we're pitting. So the two options that we have are they wave or they come tell us. And if they don't, we don't yeah. get one of those two things. We don't have the information to give to the driver. There's the nothing wave's we can hard do. to see sometimes. Hell yeah, it's hard. You can't be looking for waving whenever you're what you're spotting. If they're your on car the turn the two side, if the if Billy O is standing on the turn two side of the spotter stand from me, and I'm looking at turn three, I'm not going to see him waving. Yeah, you're not going to see me if he wave. doesn't physically come down there and tell me. I'm not going to know. Right. So yesterday with Ty, I did not know, and and I can't look up your ass and read your mind. Right? You got to give me some information. That'd be great. Yeah, it's interesting. But you, you can't, like you said, you can't tell from one end to the other. And you can't, you're not looking for it. I mean, sometimes you are, but it's so hard to see, man. There's so much going on. You don't have time. That's why, to me, it's smart as a spotter. Walk down there to him. Walk down there. Hey. And you'll hear us running. <laughs> like, I'll I mean, be like, hey, it's next, urgent. next five, just watch for me. Yeah. And then you keep looking back. You know when that guy's going on the backstretch, he looks over there. You know, you not, might not weigh, but you just be like, Cost that, us three spots that, yeah, that particular stage. You'll that guy behind you, he'll look down there and you're gonna make eye time. You're just gonna you know, everybody has a little bit you just get it. You get it. This next one is from Four Tires and Fuel. Why does Rick Ware Racing enter three to four cars every week? Wouldn't putting all that money into one or two cars work better for their performance? And that goes the same with JD Motorsports and the Xfinity series too. I know they have quite a few cars. Uh, what do you think, TJ? Uh, I think they're making money by doing this. Um, I don't think their performance it's it's a pretty big step to go from where they're at to to the next tier. You know, I don't I don't think getting rid of a car or two is gonna carry them to the next tier. Right now they make more they make more off of having them cars in the field and just, you know, getting that the finish where they where they, they figure they're gonna finish. Once in a while they'll have a plate race or something where there's a big wreck and their guys miss it and they they, they capitalize on that stuff. Um, I don't think it's enough to push them into the next tier. This is the great timing of the question because we touched on it earlier in the show. Some guys are out there to race, and some guys are out there as a business model. This is their business model. You know, JD Motorsports isn't buying tires. Those guys go out there and run, you know, old tires the whole race. What do you mean they run old tires? I mean, they go to all the teams in the garage that are good teams like Penske, like Gibbs, like Colleague, like RCR, and they say, can we have your old tires? And they put old tires in their car so they don't have to spend the 1500 bucks to buy tires. So this is a business model. It's not a race model. Big difference. It is. And the, what they're going to sacrifice is not going to move them up. So, so JD Motorsports, you know, here, here's a perfect scenario. If they're 13th in driver points, okay, and they have the ability to get to 12th in driver points, it's going to cost them a pile of money because they're going to have yeah. to go out there and outrun a Ryan Sieg or a John Hunter Nemechek, okay? Those guys are spending millions of dollars in sponsorship. Well, let's their be honest. The, the, if they have three cars, the second and third car – might be might help that's helping fund the higher car yeah you know what i mean so but they're 13th in points if they make the xfinity series playoff guess how much more money they make making the playoff versus being 13th 
$5,000. So you think they're going to go spend a million dollars on tires and engineering and new cars to make $5,000? No, this is their business model. If they were racers, yes, but they're not racers. They're not racing to the level that the other guys are. Surely they're racing, yes. They're out there. They're racing each other. I'm not saying the drivers aren't racing, but they're not allowed to tear up cars. They're, that's not their model. This guy is uh, a, this is a great question. Last one comes from Kyle Baker 21 With Paul Menard's retirement announcement, why are so many drivers of this generation quitting relatively early compared to drivers like Martin, Rusty, and the Labonis? And is the youth movement helping this work? Brett. Um, I, I think that, and we've said this before, a lot of guys got pushed out. You know, Matt Kenseth pushed out, Greg Biffle pushed out, Casey Kane pushed out, Jamie McMurray pushed out. So when you say, why are they retiring? Well, we, we've said this on this show before. The sport retires from you sometimes. I also know that those guys had, uh, you know, chances to come back, but they're too competitive to go get in bad rides. Jamie McMurray isn't going to leave Chip Ganassi Racing to go drive for Front Row Motorsports and ride around 20th all day. This guy's won Daytona 500s, you know, Brickyard, Brickyard 400s. And there's no way he's going to do that, right? Um, I, I do think, though, that those same row of guys, because they hit this sport when it was at its height from an economic standpoint, made a pile of money. So when you look at how much money they made, it also puts them in a position where they say, I'm not going to go right around last. And we saw Bobby Labonte do that. Like he was a champion in the 18 car, left and went to do that, you know, startup deal in the 96 car. And he, he struggled. And those guys don't have to do that. I wouldn't want to do that if I were them. So I, I think it's some of it's the economics. Obviously, looking at a guy like Paul Menard, he's extremely wealthy, right? I mean, his, his dad is one of the biggest business owners in America, right? But I think a lot of it has to do with their competitive spirit and how much money they made. Yeah, I know. You know, he hit all – that's, you know, right. And the youth movement is, is going to help. You know, it's it, – and I'm, I'm super excited about these guys getting into the Cup Series. The guys that have put the couple years in the Xfinity Series that are winning races, like we're watching – guys that are earning cup rides now they're earning them not just finishing 10th in the points and moving to the cup series these guys are earning legitimate shots like it used to be and we're kind of getting back to that model it's taken a few years to get to this point where we had have legitimate Xfinity guys and um you know but like seeing reddit come up and and custer and and um bell and there's a few more right there too you know the youth movement is going to be exciting we put these kids in cup cars that race at Las Vegas, then restarts get even wilder. I, I mean, I live this with Elliot, right? He got pushed out of the Cup Series after his days at Everham, and he had a decision to make. Go somewhere and be competitive or go run a crappy Cup car and make money. And he, he elected to go be competitive because he was, like I said, on the upswing of the sport, made a pile of money, you know, 10, 12 years that he ran Cup, however many years it was. And, and I just think that, that it's all changing, right? These kids are coming in. They're not getting these big contracts like yep. these veterans had and have. There are still some veterans who want big money. I, you look at Denny Hamlin. He's bringing in a pile of sponsorship. He warrants a big contract. Kyle Busch, same thing, right? But if you don't have big, big, big sponsorship, um, you're not going to have a driver making big, big, big money. You know, it's just the way the economics we, – we live – you guys see all these NBA money things on ESPN and, and NFL guys, you know, 30, 30 million guaranteed in one year. 
that's off of obviously the way their business model works. Ours works off of sponsorship. If you don't have big sponsors, you don't have big salaries. And that, and that trickles down to TJ and I. You know, TJ and I work for very well-funded teams. We make top-tier spotter money. When you get down to those Johnny Davises and Rick Wares, those guys don't make what we make. All right, who wins the offer pad DBC shirt this week? Best question. Casey, you pick. Oh, uh, I really... I think Kyle's was a good question. Kyle Baker, you win. All right. And then we had a good DBC review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts from Captain Cordero. He said, this podcast is always a party, always a good time. I subscribed as soon as I was serenaded by the smooth voice of Brett Griffin. Tune in for a great laugh with some NASCAR thrown in. These guys get me through these long shifts and always leave me in a good mood. Smooth voice. He's been serenaded. It's not not smooth today. Send me a... DM on Twitter at Hey Jason Schultz, and I'll send you get your address for the T-shirt or DM us Dirty Mo Media. Do you think if we started a non-smoking casino in Vegas that it would do well? Because that smoke kills oh me. God. I do not. You think don't. It would do well, but um, anyway, who are you going to pick? Loser? Think we'd run out of business? Oh, I got a rant. Ooh, What's your rant? Real quickly. What is it? You had your laptop out a little bit ago. Yeah. Is your desktop organized, or do you have icons everywhere? No. Well, it's organized by what I use the most. So like I only. What's use... your desktop look like on your computer? Is uh, there icons everywhere? There, it, it looks just like my phone, right? So yes, there's icons everywhere, but they're privacy screen. But it's organized. You know, like my my, it's organized. I got folders and all that stuff going. Yeah, on. you have to be. I get yeah. on the plane a couple weeks ago, and I'm sitting with a PR guy, and yeah. he flips open his computer. Who was it? Ian. Oh, I don't know him. Ian, it, listen. Oh, he Ian. flipped up. A, he flipped open his his computer, and there must have been two hundred icons on that thing. And I about had a panic attack looking at it. But I thought it was. I thought you were going to say producer Josh because producer Josh that used to do our show was now he uh, he probably <laughs> never mind. Actually, my last rant is a question: Are there that many weird people in the world that just all come to Vegas, or does Vegas make you weird? Because there were some interesting people in Vegas. Four AM when you're waking up in the morning like go to the track or something. Uh, I mean I just want to know where those girls get all those clothes that they wear because you only see girls dressed like that in Vegas. This is true. And it's amazing. It may honestly like it was a show. So weird. Where are we going? Richmond? Yeah, Yeah. I know you're picking I gotta go first. Yeah, you're gonna pick the four. You think I'm gonna pick Kevin Harvick? I do. Man Mark Truex won a race there last time. That's his first short track win though. Clint Boyer, do or die. Okay, then. This changes things. <laughs> Let's go with... Uh, I got a big lead, homie. You got a four-car lead there. Yep. Four-win lead. I'll take Kyle Busch. Uh, that's solid. Kyle's, that's one of Kyle's best tracks. Yeah. Just um, hope uh, Joy Gase gets in his way. <laughs> doesn't get in his Garrett way. Garrett Smithley. I'll text Garrett. I yeah. like Garrett. Garrett's, uh, Garrett's a really freaking cool guy. Hey, it's Josh's yeah, birthday. Cool. Josh who? Josh Williams. Oh, today? I think Happy he's like birthday. big 30 or 31. Huh. That's cool. Maybe. God, he's that young and doesn't have hair? Maybe he's over 30. I don't uh, know. He sounds about 30. I don't, I don't know. know. He's Roughly. a golfing machine. He is a golfer. I can't. I'm not good at golf. He's really good at I golf. Hate golf. <laughs> I I think it'd be fun, but I'm not good at it. Putt, putt. I'd rather go to Bob for apples and play golf. Dilner, um, TJ wants to run in the midget, so we need to talk to Pristine Auction about Yeah. We're going to work on this. Get some sponsorship. And we can get some great videos. We're going to run a midget. We're going to do a, do a, a go, documentary and bring you to the Chili Bowl. We're going to do a GoFundMe Ooh, for, as for if we don't have to. No, I'm not going to Chili Bowl. <laughs> that ain't happening. I no. will flip there. I did will you see, wreck. Did you see Kyle uh, Larson's tweet yes. to Kyle Bush about Chili Bowl with the spotters? That was funny. Was it? 
He yeah. said there's no spotters there. Yeah, he's like, when are you going to run Tilly Wool? There's no it. spotters there. All, all right. right, well, thank you all for listening. Keep uh, sending some comments, all great comments, please, unless it's about Brett. And Leave reviews on Apple yeah. Podcasts, and we'll send some people some more shirts. Hey, do you have a scooter <laughs> at home? There's this new website called kissmyass.com, Casey. You should go check it out. Do you have a scooter at home? <laughs> or do you have a golf cart? I got a golf cart. Have you ever ridden one of them scooters in the cities? Uh, yeah. No. The spin? Yeah, like the birds. Are the spin scooters good? Uh, I've never been on a spin. I've been on I saw them in Charlotte. I think I'm going to check the spin ones out. Let's go race them. Bang, we'll be getting through the streets. All right. Let's spin drink six beers. Again. Let's drink six beers and go race scooters. All right. Now it's <laughs> That's on. That's got to be legal, we got right? so many things or coming that up now. Is that still, These is are it? all going to be videos, right? Yes. We can't right. do it on a street because we're in trouble. We got to do it at a racetrack. I can't wait to see Jason try to play me in basketball. Though. That's oh. going to be fun. So. Let's start right. training now. Have thanks a good for, week, everyone. Uh, yeah, Thank thanks you for, for listening. Joining. See ya. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.